everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, and it is presented by NJM Insurance, and we've got a special guest, a Hall of Famer. Let's bring him in, Kurt Warner. We look forward to seeing your TV work every Sundays on NFL Network, getting ready for the games. We appreciate your time. Oh, man, it's always good to catch up. Hey, uh, obviously in Philadelphia, a lot of the talk is, is Jalen Hurts able to be the guy, the quarterback of the future for the Eagles. Give us an idea of when you look at film and you, and you watch the games, what you're seeing from Jalen this year, and can he possibly be that guy? Well, the thing we've known about Jalen everywhere he's been is that he's a playmaker. And it has been no different at this level um, that in the course of a game, he's going to make a lot of plays for you, uh, whether that's inside the pocket, outside the pocket, with his legs, running the football. He's going to make a lot of those plays. And – as I've watched him from last year to this year, uh, I see improvements. I see him getting better inside the pocket. I see him making more of those plays on schedule. So those, to me, are, are all positives. I think it's really hard to say at this point in time what Jalen is going to be for the entirety of his career. It's too early to know. I know what I'm going to get from him. I know what, what he can do for me. You couple that with what they've done this year, especially these last six games or so running the football and allowing him to be a complimentary uh, big playmaker for your team, he can win in the National Football League. Am I convinced yet that he can be that franchise guy where if he's got to win games with his right arm by playing the position in the pocket, I'm not sure yet. I haven't seen enough of that growth in terms of seeing the defense, understanding where he needs to go, throwing the ball on time, all of that stuff that to me – franchise quarterbacks have now you know i mean you know we have to qualify everything i mean you know how many of those guys are there seven or eight guys in the league at any one time and then everybody else is fighting for the best of the rest guys and so uh, i think the verdict is still out on jalen hurts but the beautiful thing is that he's making a lot of plays putting up good numbers and they're winning football games while he's learning to play the position and you're seeing areas of growth along that that journey as well. So all of those things bode really, really well for me that I haven't seen him get to a point where he's stagnant and I go, okay, this is what he's going to be his whole career. He's making jumps and moving forward. And so I think we still have to, to give him a little bit more time before we can truly assess who he's going to be and what he can be at this level. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You have seen Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, guys like that make incredible improvements throwing the ball, and it's been almost yearly. Do you see that Jalen could possibly do that as well? And, and you go back to Alabama, Oklahoma, NFL. He's had a different coach, different system every year for the past four or five years. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely think that's the possibility, and especially when you see other guys do it. But, you know, let's use those guys you just talked about as examples. Josh Allen, we all know he played at an MVP level last year. He's taken a dip back down a little bit this year. 
and, and he's more to what, you know, he's kind of in between where he was last year and where he was at the beginning of his career. So I think we also have to be very cautious to go, oh, what we saw from Josh Allen last year is who Josh Allen's going to be the rest of his career. Because sometimes we see those guys that just have a season that goes their direction. And it really comes down to, okay, let's push that season out and let's figure out what they're going to be. So Josh Allen made some huge strides last year. And obviously he's, he's a really good quarterback in our league. But there has been a lot of ups and downs this year with Josh Allen. There hasn't been that consistency that you hope for after seeing what he did last year. I think Lamar Jackson is the same way, is that he's special and he's special in a lot of ways. But just in playing the quarterback position and, and being able to make the plays he needs to make in the pocket, he's been very up and down this year. And it's really, really tough to win with a quarterback that is up and down. Now, you have a team around you with guys that can help you, or you have, you're like Lamar Jackson where you go, okay, I can be up and down throwing the football, but I'm still going to give you 100 rushing yards and three of those special plays a game. Okay, maybe I can make up for that more than most guys can. And Jalen may end up being in that category, you know, the, the Kyler Murray category where they're not, you know, maybe upper echelon in terms of playing the position in the pocket. They're good, and they make up for it with the special most of the time. You can win and live with that. You know, Russell Wilson's a guy that's a perfect example of that. Always wins, you know, won a championship, been to a couple Super Bowls. You can win with a guy like that, but there's some kind of ratio there of playing the position the way it's supposed to be played and then giving me the special on top of it. And you have to be able to do enough of both of those together to give your team a chance to win every time out. And that, again, that, that's where I think Jalen falls in to that, you know, that, that category. And we really have to see. We know he can make plays, and, we, and that'll be who he is most of his career, I believe. But how good can he play the quarterback position? And that's the same thing with Lamar Jackson, right? We're still asking ourselves that question is that he's good enough to win in the regular season and get them to the playoffs. He hasn't been good enough at that position and playing the position to win in the playoffs. That will be the determining factor for what Lamar Jackson's career looks like is does he get better in that place where now he can separate his team and now his team's competing for championships, not just for the playoffs. So. Those are the things that I look at with young quarterbacks. He's doing enough now, talking about Jalen Hurts, he's doing enough now to get you excited about the possibilities. But he does have to grow in those other areas if he wants to be that guy, in my opinion, that can carry a team not only to the playoffs, but make them come, come competitive for a championship year in and year out. And obviously with first-year head coach Nick Sirianni, early on they were throwing the ball a lot, 70 yeah. to 80%. And then you saw the shift to really relying on the run and dedicating yourself to running the football. Is that a sustainable way to win in the football uh, world anymore here in the NFL? Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think you can go every year and, and look at the playoffs teams every year. And primarily every year, no matter what the league looks like, and you know, as much as we talk about being a pass-first league, you can go and look at the playoff teams, and, and I promise you, most of them will be teams that can win the line of scrimmage, that can run the football, that can stop the run, and then they let everything else come from there. And so we, we fall in love with throwing the football all over the place. But really, this game is still dictated in the trenches. And so to say that, you know, Philly, if they can run the football the way they've run the football, you know, during this stretch, this winning stretch that they've had, and Jalen Hurts can give them game-changing type plays four or five times a game, 
yeah, I do believe that's sustainable for them to get to the playoffs. I don't know if it's sustainable for them to get far in the playoffs because you get to that point and you got teams that can win the line of scrimmage and you have difference-making players on the outside and quarterbacks that can play at that level consistently. You know, I look in the NFC and, and you're talking about Tom Brady and you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and you're talking about those guys. Are you going to beat those guys simply by running the football three weeks in a row and get to the Super Bowl? I don't believe so. I think you're going to have to get some really good quarterback play along with it. But I do believe that formula, based on the way that Philly is built, is a good formula for them to win more games. And I believe uh, have a great chance to get into the playoffs and, and give yourself a chance. So how fascinating a decision will it be after this season if you have seen growth from Jalen Hurts and he's on a rookie deal versus possibility Russell Wilson in Seattle maybe want to end their time together. Yeah. The Eagles, their biggest regret was not getting Russell Wilson in the draft when they mm -hmm. could. Then you have the possibility of Deshaun Watson or drafting a quarterback. Eagles yeah. have three possible picks in the first round. How fascinating a decision is that going to be? Well, I mean, it's definitely going to be fascinating. Um, you know, if – if you've got an opportunity to get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, assuming Deshaun will be playing and everything legally, you know, plays out in his favor. If you have an opportunity to get either one of those guys and you feel like they've got six, seven, eight years left, and then really that's more Russell because obviously Deshaun would have well more than that. As intriguing as Jalen Hurts is, you go out and get one of those guys. I mean, you go out and get the – you know, the guy that's proven in this league that he is a difference maker at that position. I, I think you have to do that if you feel like you're in the market to do that. I would say the more intriguing thing is if you're not in the market, you don't feel like those are possibilities. The more intriguing thing is, do we give, you know, Jalen another year? Do we go draft a quarterback? Is there somebody else in the next echelon of quarterbacks that's available? And do they give us a better opportunity to win? than Jalen does, because that's usually what we're talking about. We're not usually talking about, can you go get an elite guy? Well, if you can go get an elite guy, go get an elite guy. I mean, that's just, this game is, is all about quarterbacks. So if you can get one, you get one, even if you're, you know, you think maybe your guy you have now can be that. What really most teams fall into is, is our guy good enough to win championships for us or not? Is that in the business we're in? Are we in the business to get to the playoffs every year and give ourselves a chance? Or are we in the business of winning championships? And what you ultimately have to assess is, is my quarterback championship caliber, uh, a quarter, is it a championship caliber quarterback? Because that's what I believe most teams want to do is win championships. And that's where it gets really hard. You know, you can look at Cleveland. I think a great example of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's a, a good NFL quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in the National Football League. But I don't know if he's a championship-type quarterback. So Cleveland has to assess, okay, do we want to live with Baker for the next six, seven years and what we think we have with Baker? Or do we cut ties and say, okay, we're, now it's a crapshoot. Now we're going to go out and hope we get a guy that can be that guy, but we have no idea. That, to me, is the dilemma that most teams face is coming down to what are we going to do? We're going to take our quarterback that you may not be championship level and build a great team around him? Are we going to scrap the good quarterback that we have and go try to find an elite quarterback? Because we know if you're not elite, it is tough to compete for championships, especially when you look around the landscape 
of this league and the, and the good young quarterbacks, uh, but the quarterbacks that you believe are going to be there for the long term, guys like Mahomes, guys like Josh Allen, you know you're going to have to compete with those guys year in and year out, and you have to ask yourself, will our guy give us a chance to compete with those guys? And I'll tell you, you're one of the best stories in the history of the NFL. And you've got a movie coming out about your life and your career. That's incredible. American Underdog. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I, I, I thought you brought up something great about the quarterbacks. And last year, you gave us a great breakdown of Carson Wentz and what was happening with him. And, of course, Carson in the end decided, I feel it's best to go on somewhere else. And he probably found one of the best spots you could with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. He was broken last year. That's the way it looked to us. Worst quarterback in the league. How is he doing this year? And do you think that relationship has paid off for him? I think the relationship has been huge. And, you know, I'm a huge Frank Reich fan. I believe he runs a system that is very conducive to giving a quarterback a chance, understanding where to put your eyes as a quarterback. So even if you're not great at that, uh, he designs a system that helps you to be able to do that. And, you know, and obviously the other part of it is Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line. You know, anytime you could run the football like that, it's a benefit to a quarterback. So all of that stuff has allowed Carson to settle in more. He's not a guy that has to make every play. He's not a guy that you're asking to have to see the entire field and decipher things and, and read things quickly. So when I watch him, I feel like more times now he's got his eyes in the right place. He knows what he's looking at because Frank Reich has simplified the system to allow him to do that. And again, you can do that when you can run the football. You know, when you have something you can hang your hat on, you can simplify an offense. So right now, I think it looks like a perfect fit for Carson Wentz. He's not pressing. He's not trying to do much, to, to do too much. He's not, you know, trying to, to be the guy that even we saw that the year he was in MVP, you know, transfer, conversation, that year he made so many incredible plays off schedule. Now he's not even trying to make a bunch of plays off schedule. He's not trying to do everything for this team. And now you see a solid quarterback, not a great quarterback, but a solid quarterback leading a team that has a chance to go to the playoffs um, because of all of those pieces there. Again, I'm going to say it about Carson Wentz, like I said it about Jalen Hurts. At the end of the day, though, there will come a time where you have to ask, is Carson Wentz a championship-type quarterback? Is he a guy that can do what we need him to do? Can he carry us for four or five games if we need him to carry us and win a championship with him? Is he a starting quarterback in this league? No doubt. We, we've all known that. But how good of a starting quarterback is going to be the question that Indianapolis will have to answer at some point. But what you love is that you're seeing that it's not the guy that we saw last year. You're seeing a guy that seems more comfortable in his skin, playing the position better, and is on a team that allows him to play that way and still be successful. So I love the marriage so far with him and Frank Reich, and I love how he's taking those steps and showing improvement this year. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Some insurance companies use jingles and mascots, but not NJM. When you're up front with your customers, you don't need gimmicks. NJM, no jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Get a quote today at NJM.com. Bert, you were undrafted, and we've seen guys when they're drafted top of the first round, you know, one of the top picks, and the pressure that comes with it, because it's almost like when Carson Wentz was drafted here, this is the guy that's going to deliver the Super Bowl. It didn't wind up being him. It wound up being Nick Foles. How much different is it, do you think, when you're undrafted or like Jalen Hurts' second round versus you come into a town, Baker Mayfield, kind of guys like that, you're a top five pick, and you're expected to be the guy that delivers that championship? Well, I mean, I'm going to argue a little bit with you because I believe that Philly won that championship because of what Carson did until he suffered that injury, setting oh, them up with the number one seed, building a confidence in them. Um, that was different. You know, I like it. And even though it's a different situation, I remember when I was in, with the Rams in 99. And a huge part of why we were confident going into the season was because of what Trent Green did in coming into this or- that organization and doing what he did in preseason. So, I believe Carson had a bigger hand in them winning a championship than anybody gives him credit for because he didn't play in the playoffs. So I I think that's one thing is he should get more credit for that aspect of things. Yeah. And he got the field advantage. I agree. Right. I mean, yeah, it was, it was huge in a lot of ways, but again, to me, it's more about confidence in the locker room, chemistry and confidence in the locker room that we can win a championship. And that was instilled by Carson Wentz through those first 14 games of the season. And that's what carried them as much as anything through the playoffs, along with Nick playing unbelievable football, without a doubt. Uh, but but to your question, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, anytime there's expectation. Expectations are the hardest thing in the world. And, you know, it's, it's a funny thing, John, because it's always one of those things where it's like, I want everybody to expect me to throw for three touchdowns a game. And I want everybody to expect me to win every game and throw for 300 yards. I remember when I was playing, I'm like, I want that expectation. I want everybody to believe I'm going to be great every time out. But then when you get that, you're expected to be great every time out. And so, you know, it's that catch 22 that it's a hard thing. I remember when I was with Arizona and, you know, we didn't have a great football team. And I remember going, man, I got to play really, really well if we're going to win. And then the game would be over and you couldn't even enjoy it if you played well, because now you're like, Okay, now I got to get ready and I got to go play really, really well again if we're going to win. That is a tough place to be when those expectations are laid on top of you. And, you know, and and what I'm talking about is I had at least proven that I, you know, I I deserve to have those expectations. I think the harder thing is when a guy comes in as the number one pick and we're expecting him to do that when he's given us no reason to expect that. The only reason that we have that expectation is because Either he was really good in college or he was just drafted really high. We don't give them a chance to earn that expectation. We just lay it right on them. And so we lay it right on them and then they don't live up to it. And we want to crush the kid when it's like, hold on, step back. Why do you have those expectations? You've got you know unfair expectations for a young kid. And that's why for me, I, I, I'm always very selective on putting that pressure on a young kid, even if he does well early in his career, it's just like, just relax and let him show us who he's going to be so we can set realistic expectations for who these guys can be and what we should expect from them. We shouldn't just lay those expectations on people because an organization decided to draft them or because 
they had a great college career because I've seen great college quarterbacks come to the NFL and never improve, be the same guy they were in college in the NFL. And is that's not their fault. I mean, it, they shouldn't be blamed for that. It was just we saw them at their best in college and they didn't improve. Then you see a Tom Brady that's drafted in the sixth round, and it seems like now at 44, he's better than he was at 43. And you're like, this guy just keeps getting better. So you never know what a ceiling for a guy is. We throw that word around. What's a ceiling? What's a ceiling? I have no idea. But we can't put expectations on a guy until he gets us close to his ceiling so we can tell you, oh, this is who he is. This is what our realistic expectations are. And then we're not going to be in a situation where we're constantly crushing these guys because they're not living up to this unfair expectation we've placed on them for reasons that, you know, we really shouldn't put expectations on people. Yeah. And how about, I mean, your story, it's unbelievable. You were talking about a ceiling. I mean, your ceiling was the sky. I mean, there wasn't a ceiling <laughs> being undrafted to go to Super Bowl hero MVP uh, you're the only one in the Arena Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I believe. Congrats. Um, tell us about this movie that's coming out, American Underdog. Philly loves a great underdog story, the Rocky. This is kind of like a Rocky movie, right? Right. We got Rocky. We got Vince Papali. We got Invincible. And I mean, you guys love that stuff out there. And, um, you know, and that's kind of the idea. You know, we're, we're in a time in our in our culture, in our society, coming off the pandemic, where I think we need good underdog stories. There's a lot of people that find themselves more in an underdog role now than they probably ever have in their entire life. And, um, and, and, and I love that we get a chance to, to share our story. And I say our story because I know a lot of people will go to this movie expecting it to be my story and expecting it to be the football aspect of my story, which they're going to get all of that. But it's deeper than that. It's bigger than that, that I've, you know, got a wife that, uh, you know, has a real great underdog story. Uh, I've got a son who's got an underdog story. We talked about a little bit off the air. Uh, my son that, you know, deals with traumatic brain injury and, and is legally blind and, and some of the things that we learned from them. And so that's what excites me about this movie is that people are going to get their football fix, their dreamer fix, the, you know, the supermarket to the Super Bowl and, and, and be able to hold on to that, uh, that underdog part story. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that come to this movie and maybe are brought to this movie you know, by the football fan and their family says, Hey, let's, we got to go see, this is a great, you know, real life story. And I believe they're going to be impacted by this story in different ways, you know, showing the relationship between Brendan and myself and being able to connect as a parent or being able to connect, um, you know, as someone in a relationship, being able to connect with someone that's, that's a dreamer and that has big hopes and dreams and, and understands setbacks as a part of life. And so uh, we're really excited to be able to share this story at this time a uh, Christmas release. We think it's a family movie that uh, a lot of people will be able to be impacted by. Um, and, and we get a chance to share more of the story. You know, really what, what happened behind the scenes that allowed a guy like myself to go from a supermarket, you know, to the Super Bowl. You know, everybody always went, what happened? Why, how were you able to do that? How were you able to continue to keep going? And a lot of that was because of the people around me and the relationships that I had and, and you know, the things that I was battling through off the field that coincided with what I was going through on the field. And so uh, we are really, really excited about this movie and the messages that are in this movie. And we believe anybody that comes, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter if you're a football fan or not, that there will be something in this movie that will connect with you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you as you, uh, as you leave the theater and, and go about chasing after 
whatever ever it is you're chasing in life. It is such a great story and families will love it. Uh, how about the casting? When, when you are uh, looking for an actor that can play you, uh, yeah. I imagine a big part of it too is whether it's him or stunt double, whoever, whoever's throwing the football in those action <laughs> scenes, you want yeah. him to look like the real Kurt Warner, right? Well, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, I think that the first thing when people ask you about casting, the first thing you say is, okay, do they look like me? Right? They, they got to look like me. And so I think you get hung up in that area so often where in reality, what you want is them to get you right on the big screen in, in terms of who you are, what your character is, what the essence of, of your person is. You want to get that right. And then, as you said, in a sports movie, you got to get the sports right. Right. I mean, if if you go in and somebody's trying to watch a sports movie and and they see something, they go, oh, my gosh, that doesn't look anything like it. You lose them right there in the movie. And and now they're gone and, and you can't touch them with the rest of the story. And so that was something I was really, really worried about was like, hey, we're getting an actor. Like, I, I don't know what people that come to movies expect, you know, but to think we're going to take an actor that never really played the game. And even if they played the game for a period of time and make them look like a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing a football, you know, in a few short months, it's not going to happen. But I will say that Zachary Levi and, you know, the producers and directors of the movie and the people that were involved football-wise, I think they did a really, really good job of, you know, pulling that off and making it look very, very realistic, um, even with the challenges that come with that. And so, that's the great part of it. Is that I don't think people are going to be disappointed by the football side of it. I don't think they're going to go into this and go, ah, really like the movie, except the football stuff. I don't think they're going to, they're going to do that. Um, but I also hope people go in understanding this is still an actor trying to play a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to, to lay out exactly like a guy that's played this game forever. Um, but I don't think, I think people are going to be engaged in the football part of it and really like the football part of it. And that to me was, you know, really, you know, step one in, in making a good sports movie. And, and I think we've done that. And uh, Dick Vermeil, amazingly here in Philadelphia, he's a California guy, but he connected with this city so much yeah. 40 some years after taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl, he's still on billboards here. So he is a special guy here in the city of Philadelphia. Who is playing Dick Vermeil in this movie? <laughs> Well, Dennis Quaid is playing Dick Vermeil. And so everybody knows Dennis Quaid, obviously been in a lot of sports movies and Dennis does a great job. Um, you know, that uh, it, it's such a cool story. As I remember in 99, when we uh, were, you know, when we ended up going to the Super Bowl, but in 99, our last game of the year that year was in Philly. And so we showed up in Philly to play, you know, the 16th game of the season. And I remember seeing billboards as we were driving to the stadium Congrats, coach. Good luck, coach. And I'm thinking, what in the world? What, what are we doing? What's going on here? This guy's been gone for 20 years, and they're still cheering him on in Philly as we're going to play their team. It wasn't like game was over and they're cheering for us now. This was going into our game. So it just lets you know how beloved that guy is. And, and there's some key moments in the movie is that, you know, Dick Vermeil at the time that, that I got to the Rams was a guy that was out of the game for 15 years almost. A guy that everybody looked at like, oh, he's too old. The game's passed him by. He can't do this anymore. And so we're coming into this season, and all of a sudden, he inherits his quarterback that's too old, that can't play the game, you know, that, that's never going to be able to accomplish anything. And boom, our lives are connected forever. And 
And, and, and I believe that's a really key moment is that you had a Dick Vermeil as my coach who was living his own underdog situation at the time. So when you look at this idea of American underdog in the you know, title of a movie, I know everybody looks at me, but you're going to walk out of this movie and go, oh, my gosh, you can be an underdog like that, or you could be an underdog like that, or you could be an underdog like that. And that, to me, is the beauty of this movie. There's going to be a lot of connections to people in different places and a lot of connections to that underdog idea and how sometimes a couple underdogs together can overcome and accomplish different things that very few things happen by ourselves. For me, it took a guy like Dick Vermeil. Maybe it was his background. Maybe he saw a little of my story in his that said, I'm going to give that guy a chance. I'm going to be the guy that gives this underdog a chance. And then two underdogs together accomplish something, something incredible. And so again, a lot of great themes in this movie and Dennis Quaid, I mean, he's phenomenal in everything that he does, but does a great job playing Dick Vermeil. And Dick, obviously, you know, as much as you can have a huge role in a movie about someone else, he's got a key role in this movie and a key role in, in my journey as well. So all those in Philadelphia, uh, if you go and simply just to see Dick Vermeil, because you love Dick Vermeil, um, you'll love that part of it too, because Dennis Quaid does a great Dick Vermeil and his role is, is obviously prevalent uh, in this movie. Please. And Dennis has got to have that range of emotions, right? Because Dick is very emotional, right? No question about it. You, you got to have that. If you're, you know, if you're playing Dick Vermeer, you've got to have some some emotions there. And uh, and Dennis does that well. And you think Dick will be uh, joining you in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, I I believe this is going to be the year. Um, you know, it's been a, a long push, and and as we know about the Hall of Fame, is that there's so many deserving candidates that have really changed the game and done different things and. Um, and I do believe this is Dick's time is that, you know, to be able to do it in two different eras with two different teams and have the success that he did. Um, it just speaks volume about the person that he is and the impact that he's had on this game. So I do believe this is going to be the year that, uh, that we get another one from the greatest show on turf, but we get another great one that will represent the game the right way in the hall of fame. Well, that's great. And I think Philly is going to love this movie as we talked about the underdog spirit, American underdog, and it will come to theaters on Christmas. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the big screen in those football scenes. Hopefully it does look like you. Um, and we really appreciate the time. I always value the way you're able to break down quarterbacks and, and see that position. We really, really appreciate it. You bet. Anytime we'll, uh, we'll catch up down the road. Great. Kurt Warner, thank you so much. Great.